Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Here we'd like to unlock Sarah Bakewell's How to Live or a Life of Montaigne in one question and 20 attempts at an answer. Michel de Montaigne, a famous French philosopher and writer of the 16th century, was deeply interested in the question, how to live. Indeed, his writings constantly grappled with this issue. However, his interest was not merely ethical or moral, rather, what he sought was a practical solution to the question, how can we live a good life? To do this, he wrote a total of 107 essays on how to live and published what became his widely popular series of essays. These essays were filled with humanist ideas and have had a profound impact on future generations. When reading Montaigne's work, French writer Gustave Flaubert suggested not to read him as children do, for amusement, nor as the ambitious do, to be instructed. No, read him in order to live. In writing the present book, Sarah Bakewell laid out a series of 20 possible answers that Montaigne would have given to the long-standing question how to live. This is simultaneously a biography of Montaigne, as well as a book outlining his philosophical take on life. Throughout this book, we can learn more about Montaigne's life, the ideas that he introduced in his essays, and reflect on the question of how to live. By laying out 20 hypothetical answers, the book not only has an attractive and easy-to-read style, but it also serves to provide us with a connection between philosophy and everyday life. How do we face death? How do we accept imperfections? These are the questions related to the issue of how to live to which Montaigne, with his own knowledge and life experience, had provided answers more than 400 years ago. Born in England in 1963, Bakewell now lives in London and teaches creative writing at Kellogg College, Oxford. Her 2010 book How to Live or A Life of Montaigne in One Question and 20 Attempts at an Answer won the National Book Critics Circle Award. Not only that, her work was also shortlisted for the Costa Book Awards and was furthermore selected as one of the Times 100 biographies to love. In 2016, she published the book titled At the Existentialist Café, Freedom, Being, and Apricot Cocktails, which was considered one of the top 10 books of the year by the New York Times, The Times, and The Guardian, among other media outlets. This book is also available on the Bookie app, so give it a listen if you wish to discover more about it. Next, we will introduce the main points of the book How to Live in the following three parts. Part 1, Montaigne and his essays. Part 2, How to Face the World. Part 3, How to Face Yourself. Part 1, Montaigne and his essays. Having briefly introduced who Montaigne was, let's continue on to his life and his essays. Montaigne, whose full name was Michel Equim de Montaigne, was born in France in 1533 and died in 1592. He was a nobleman, a government official, and owner of several vineyards. He worked in a courthouse for 16 years and had notably been the mayor of the city of Bordeaux, France. During his life, there were two experiences that particularly molded his way of thinking, firstly, when he fell off a horse in his late thirties, and secondly, during his work experience as a judge. Let's start with dissecting the impact of the first event. The exact date of his horse mishap is unknown, but it may have occurred sometime in 1569 or early 1570, when Montaigne was about 36 years old. On that day, Montaigne was enjoying a relaxing ride on his horse, as he would often do, when he entered the woods with his servants. 
Suddenly, an unknown force struck him and his horse, causing the latter to fall to the ground and Montaigne to be catapulted a few meters away, losing consciousness on impact. The servants started panicking and rushed him back to the castle. On the way back, Montaigne, although he had gradually regained his senses, felt as if he was on the precipice of death. Barely able to open his eyes, he realized his family and servants were in shock. Chaos ensued, he tried to placate his frightened wife, but only blood gushed out of his mouth, while his body was seizing, seemingly in pain. His affliction made everyone believe that he was in excruciating agony. However, during that time, Montaigne's state of mind was unusually placid, he could not feel the slightest bit of pain in his body. What he felt instead was a sense of sweetness and relief. Furthermore, he felt that if he was about to die, it was going to be a very happy death. Those who witnessed the event later recounted to Montaigne that the incident was caused by a rather muscular servant who was riding alongside him. The servant, due to his high speed, failed to notice that Montaigne was right in the middle of the road. As a result, he crashed into the little Montaigne and his little horse. Montaigne felt such near-death experience akin to real voyage into death's territory, in which he found out that he didn't resist death. This close encounter with death deeply affected Montaigne's view of death, from that point on, he no longer feared it. Indeed, in his essays, Montaigne had this to say about death, if you don't know how to die, don't worry, nature will tell you what to do on the spot, fully and adequately. She will do this job perfectly for you, don't bother your head about it. As mentioned above, his experience as a judge had another pivotal impact on his take on life. At the end of 1556, Montaigne arrived in Bordeaux as a judge of the High Court of Justice. At the time, he did not have the authority to voice decisions on cases. Rather, he was tasked with evaluating the more intricate cases that could not be dealt with quickly enough. He would study their related details carefully and write a clear and concise summary addressed to assessors, all according to the relevant written decrees. The judicial system of the time focused on codes, regulations, written customs, and so forth, from which all the arguments over any cases had to be regulated, with facts only being regarded as secondary. Even when dealing with a simple case, Montaigne had to read copious documents, constantly referring to the chapter and clauses that were relevant to the case. This was a tedious task that kept the case in gridlock. The French humanist writer François Rabelais once ironically argued that the piles of documents were no more than a decoration that served no practical purpose when dealing with a case. For this reason, he once wrote about a judge who, after spending several hours meticulously reading the relevant documents, would make a final decision by throwing dice. Montaigne found similar issues in his contemporary judicial system. For him, the major problem with justice in the 16th century was that it did not consider an inherent part of human nature, namely, that people are fallible. For instance, even the most impartial judges would inevitably have their own biases. Something as inconsequential as what they had for lunch too could influence their decisions. Hence, the outcome of a trial could never be completely just. Furthermore, since judges are prone to blunders, the laws they make are also prone to errors. The only way for judges to avoid injustice is to acknowledge their fallibility, to constantly challenge themselves, and to exercise caution when making judgments. Being a judge taught Montaigne to accept that we, as humans, make mistakes and that we always need to cross-examine ourselves. 
This exercise in the awareness of his own imperfections led Montaigne to adopt the habit of thinking critically when reflecting upon various topics. These are the basic pillars we should know about Montaigne's life before moving on. Next, let's explore the main features of his essays. First, Montaigne's essays created a novel genre, one that he called essays. Today, the word essay is reminiscent of the theoretically charged papers as written by students. However, the meaning originates from the French word essayer, meaning to try. Montaigne's writing style epitomized his attempt to record his thoughts and feelings as he felt them during that moment. No agenda or literary structure ever characterized his essays. A 17th-century Montaignist defined his style as like trying to fire a pistol or attempting to ride a horse. The trajectory of the bullet or the temperament of the horse were of no importance, even if the pistol shot in every direction or if the horse were wild and unruly. His essays were just like that, unpredictable and limitless. Accordingly, Montaigne once argued, I cannot keep my subject still, it goes along befuddled and staggering, with a natural drunkenness. Montaigne wrote 107 essays in total. These essays rarely provided any guideline or direct answer to any question. Instead, they mostly served as a record of Montaigne's spontaneous ideas, which were even at times contradictory. For instance, Bakewell compares the essay titled That Our Happiness Must Not Be Judged Until After Our Death, to a long loaf with three twists. Montaigne initially suggests that a man's happiness can only be truly determined after his death. He then claims that perhaps our judgment regarding whether a man has been happy should be based on the manner in which he dies, stating that those who die well must have correspondingly lived a good life. Still, after giving some examples of this idea, Montaigne contradicts himself, arguing that in fact a person who has led a satisfying life could also die awfully, and vice versa. This essay is indeed analogous to a long loaf of bread that has been twisted three times, with the conclusion being overturned before it could even be reached. Montaigne's writing style can first be explained by the fact that he questioned everything and that he never considered life to be simple. Second, he spent more than 20 years writing his book, a span of time during which his ideas had changed drastically. As a matter of fact, he would often revise and augment earlier essays with respect to these changes. Indeed, he never focused on consistency when it came to his ideas, he would instead introduce all of his thoughts and ideas concepts whose origins were formed during different periods of his life. Thus, the ideological inconsistencies that we find in his various essays reflect his fluctuating ideas over time. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.